0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090
1: ESPN Radio. Good afternoon on a beautiful Monday, and welcome to the Raj Markanzi Show on the Mighty 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California and 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. I'm joined, as always, by producer G. Hey, Wiley. G., how are you doing on this glorious Monday? I love the positivity,
2: Raj, but man, Mondays just are not fun. They just suck. I'm just not a huge fan of Mondays. Even though my Dukies beat Syracuse handily, <laughs> still not a fan of Mondays. No,
1: I feel you, but... Because it is Monday and we had a lot going on this weekend. There's a lot to get into. So let's get to today's headlines.
2: The Lakers hit a new rock bottom on Sunday with a 123 to 95 loss to the 25 and 36 New Orleans Pelicans on Sunday. The Lakers are now <laughs> abysmal at 27 and 33, six games below 500 for the first time this season, and are just two and a half games up on the 11 seed Portland Trailblazers. I think it's fair to finally say to ask it. If the Lakers are even going to make the play in tournament or Ross. Well, that,
1: that's a great question. And that's what I was thinking. I mean, not only did they lose, G. hey you've mentioned that score. And yes, that is the actual score of the game. 123 to 95. They went into the fourth quarter down by 30 points. They were getting booed. They were getting heckled by the hometown fans. The fans at Crypto.com Arena were heckling LeBron James. And there is like viral video of like LeBron chirping back at uh the fans. I think one fan got tossed. Again, these are Lakers fans, right? These are Lakers fans frustrated by the product that they're watching on the court right now. When you're losing by 30 points in the fourth quarter to the New Orleans Pelicans, the New Orleans Pelicans, folks, that this is a Pelicans team without Zion. This is a Pelicans team that is below 500. They're the 10th seed right now in the Western Conference. So for you to not only lose to the Pelicans, but to lose in that fashion, uh, you know, that lets me know that, you know, th- th- this this team is going nowhere, nowhere fast. And um, I do think, G.A., that they will find a way to make it into that uh, play-in tournament only because Portland has kind of mailed in the season. I mean, the only reason we are even talking about the Lakers like being a playoff team is because there is this play-in tournament. They have no chance to be... The the number eight seed that's the Clippers. So right now they're the ninth seed. They'll be the ten seed at some point, but th- their season's gonna be over. Uh, they'll they'll play that play in tournament game, and that'll be a wrap for the Lakers. They they just have to figure out what they're gonna do with this team. It's just an absolute mess right now.
2: I love the irony, by the way, of this whole play in where the play in actually started. And how LeBron didn't like it, and he was just like very anti, like the play in, and now they're vying for the play in right now. Yeah. I, I think it's I, I think it's comical um, at this current moment of time. Um, I, I
1: don't know. I mean, where do they go from yeah. here? No, it's. I mean, there's there's really nowhere to go. But up, you could say technically, but this team isn't going (laughs) to, this team is not going to do anything. It's not like someone's going to come back and they're going to get healthy all of a sudden. And like, we've, we've seen them healthy. They're a 500 team when they're healthy. We've now seen them hurt. They're a six games below 500 team when they're hurt. Uh, this is a team that is not going to make any noise. This is a team that we're only really talking about being in the play-in tournament because they have this play-in tournament. Uh, you know, if this was a couple of years ago, GA, they would not even make the playoffs. I mean, this is, you know, this will be the most disappointing season in Lakers franchise history.
2: Yeah, I mean, the, the, this is just so disappointing. This is just it, it's it's horrible. It's just so disappointing. Yeah. All right. We are on to the next uh, highlight. The next headline. LeBron James said Friday that he was committed to the Lakers and isn't looking to go anywhere. I mean, God bless you, buddy. Um, he wants to finish his career, Rosh, in Los Angeles. He's going into his 20th season. He'll be 38 years old in December. Love my Capricorn babies. Uh, Given how the Lakers are playing, should the Lakers look to trade LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Russell Westbrook and start a rebuilding process? So listen,
1: I get where you're going with this. I think you can obviously trade LeBron. Now, what do you get on a player going into his 20th season? He will be 38 years old in December. What can you get in return? I, I don't know. With Anthony Davis, he has been injury prone since the Pinnacle of his career, which was what they did in the bubble where they won the championship. And at that point, I really believed Davis was playing like one of the top five players in the world. Um, He's not there. Again, he he missed the majority of last season hurt. He's missed the majority of this season hurt. What kind of value will he get in the trade market? And Russell Westbrook, we've talked about this. The Lakers would love to trade Russell Westbrook if they could, but they can't. He's due to make forty seven million dollars next season. So I think even if the Lakers wanted to say, hey, let's rebuild, let's break this thing down trade all these superstars for as much as we can get in return. I don't know what exactly that they would get, but I get it. I get why this question is coming up because quite frankly, you can't run it back. This is not the Rams. You're not coming off of a championship season. (laughs) You can't run this back because this is an absolute train wreck. And this is not a train wreck that will be uh, healed or that will be improved uh, just because you have... Uh, you know the summer to have practices and like open runs and things like this team does not fit together. And you you, you called it from day one when they made this uh, trade for Westbrook. You said this is not going to fit. I don't think anyone thought it would be this bad. I don't think anyone thought they would be six games below 500 bad. But I, I am totally open to the idea of trading pieces. But I, I just don't know what you can get back at this point in time.
2: No, I 100 percent agree what are you gonna get for these guys what are you gonna get for a 30 even though lebron is playing out of his mind what are you gonna get for a 38 year old lebron what are you gonna get for a injured ad what are you gonna get for a overrated and that's being really generous and kind russell westbrook what are you gonna get it's just it just it doesn't it doesn't make sense to me and 46 million dollars like 46 but that's a lot of money man like this is the reason why I was not a huge fan of this trade because it just didn't make sense to me it did not make any sense for you to get Russell Westbrook for uh, like what is he going to contribute I just I didn't I didn't get it never understood it this headline uh, man, I just I got a feel for the yeah. Lakers. Uh, I, I Never thought I would ever say that, being a Clipper fan, considering that we have not won a title. But <laughs> Clippers looking a lot better than than the Lakers, obviously. No. Um, next headline the los angeles kings are the best team in town right now and amen to that they are just three points back of first place in the pacific division and are eight one and one for those that don't know that's a tie (laughs) by the way in their last 10 games that's the reason for that other one uh the kings play the boston bruins tonight at crypto.com arena boo bruins and can move to with uh within a point of the division uh lead with a win can this Kings team make a run at the Stanley Cup I really season?
1: think that they can. I mean, people have to remember, historically speaking, when the Kings won the Cup in 2012, and then they won it again in 2014, and actually they got to the conference finals in 2013. I mean, they could have won three in a row. They were never a top seed. They actually did not win the division during that run. During the run of two Stanley Cup wins and three appearances in a row in the conference finals, they never were a high seed. They never won the division. They just came on late. They they came together at the right time towards the end of the season. And I have that feeling with this team. You know, when you go back to when they went on that road trip back east, it was a two-week road trip, and they did not lose. They did not lose a game. And, and I really think during that time, they came together. And I think if they win tonight against the Bruins, and at some point this week, I mean, if they are the top team in the Pacific Division, again, Like I said, they don't have to win the division for me to think that they can go on a heck of a run here. And this team was a team that when Luke Robitaille came onto the show before the start of the season, he said, this is this was our vision. We were going to rebuild, but this was the first season that we were going to pursue, you know, being a playoff team, being a championship contending team. And I didn't really know if they could do that. This quickly, but they really have, G- and they are playing together, and again, we've seen it before. We've seen the Kings, again, in 2012 and 2014, when they went and they won the Stanley Cup, they did it as a low seed. They came on late. I think this team can do that this season. I
2: mean, momentum is everything, and... Luke, when he came on the show, talked about how young this team is and how motivated and how well that they work together. And, man, it is showing. The fact that they are this high up in the ranks with, you know, the teams that they are competing against is phenomenal. Um, I don't know if they can win a Stanley Cup, though. I mean, they, they might still have, like, a, a little ways to go. I still think that they're, they're obviously going to be a... Uh, Contending team, yeah. they're not they're not going to just go by the wayside by any means. But I, I think that they will definitely contend for a Stanley Cup. I don't know if they will win a Stanley Cup, but momentum is is the the huge qualifier. On to the next. Uh, headline Major League Baseball Arash and the MLBPA still remain far apart on a new collective bargaining agreement but both sides seem finally committed to working out a deal today if the sport does doesn't have a new collective bargaining agreement by the end of negotiations on Monday opening day which is March 31st we are like a, a month yeah. away uh Opening day on March 31st will be canceled along with potentially a week's worth of games. Ouch. Will they get a deal done
1: to You know what? I want to say yes, GA. I just don't see it happening. I've seen these sites time and time again lose games. I mean, you go back to that season, the pandemic season. It was a joke that that was a 60-game season. The players were committed to playing a full season. Then they were committed to playing 120 games and 110 games and 100 games. I mean, the fact that they finally at the 11th hour, we we were this close to not even having a a season during the pandemic. They they finally settled on a 60 game season. So I think it would be very optimistic to think that we're going to get a deal done today and that we were going to have a full 162 game season. I think at the very least... We have some games canceled, but I, I am hopeful that they will get a deal done at some point. I would be thrilled. By the way, no one would be happier than me if they came to an agreement today and, a, and we have a full 162 game season. We have opening day, March the 31st. I think at the very least, uh, you know, we have a one month d- delay, whether those games are canceled or whether it's pushback. Um I think it's very optimistic to think that after all this time they are now again they're far apart like right right now as we talk they 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 are not that close to a deal. So do I really think by the end of today they're going to finally hammer out a deal? No. It'll happen at some point but not today. I think you are optimistic Arash. I think you are the biggest optimist
2: i've ever met in my whole entire life that they are going to get a deal done today i think you're talking about billionaires versus millionaires or thousandaires you know you're you're talking about people that are just they're so insanely wealthy that they just aren't going to try and and budge on this one so i just it's 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 hopeful um you know everything is always hopeful but opening day I don't know, man. I I don't know. And and opening day, by the way, is one of my favorite days to ever go to a ballpark. It's the best day to go to a ballpark. And I'm going to miss the fact that if we don't have an opening day, I'm going to be really, 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 truly bummed. All right. On to the next headline. We are just one day away from March 1st which means the start of March Madness, my favorite time of the year. (laughs) It is, it is my Christmas guys. My Christmas is March Madness. It was a crazy weekend in college basketball and it will likely continue because again, March is madness Um, this week with number two, Arizona coming to LA to play number 16, USC. Who's your pick to win it all? this year and who do you like in the Pac-12 well okay
1: so I know who you're going to pick to win it all I'm going to go against the great or at least against you I'm going to pick Gonzaga to win it all and in the Pac-12 listen U of A is going to win the uh, conference but I do like USC I I do think that the team that they have put together uh, is built for the tournament I think they are one of those teams that uh, you know they just get into the dance they'll get to the sweet 16 they'll get to the elite 8 Um, I would love for them to have a deep run like that. We saw that happen a year ago. That was so much fun to watch to see them uh, play Kansas and blow out Kansas and go to the Elite Eight. Um, So Again, pick to win it all, Gonzaga, pick to win the Pac-12 would be U of A. I do like USC tomorrow night in GA. We will be in attendance. That's going to be a ton of fun to see the Galen Center packed. uh, That's a beautiful on-campus arena that that, that they built there. It's very rarely packed, despite the success that the basketball team has had. Uh, But a night like this where the number two team in the country comes to town, USC is a top-16 team, two of the top-16 teams in the country going head-to-head. It'll be a fun game in Los Angeles. Um, Again, like USC to win that game tomorrow night, but like U of A to win not only the Pac-12 regular season uh, championship. Well, you know what? No, okay. So I'm going to pick USC to win the Pac-12 tournament in Vegas. So... U of, a, wow. U of A wins the regular season uh, conference championship, but USC gets Pac-12's tournament bid uh, because they will win the Pac-12 tournament in Las Vegas. That's my pick, wow. and I'm sticking to it.
2: That is that is bold. Um, <laughs> I do not agree with you on Gonzaga because Gonzaga never plays anybody um, noteworthy during their conference, so I will never pick Gonzaga. I think they will never win a tournament, and I'm cla- staking my claim right now Put your money on Gonzaga never winning a tournament ever. Wow. At least in my lifetime. At least in my lifetime, Gonzaga will never win a tournament. Um, I will, however. So I'm actually a realist, Arash, when it comes to March Madness. I'm a realist. Okay. I don't think the Duke's going to win this year. I, I would love it. I would love for that to happen. I would love for us to win the ACC tournament. Um, I think that you know Duke is a phenomenal team. What they are doing right now is awesome. Mark Williams, hands down, favorite player. Yep. Love him to death. Don't think that they're going to win. Um, as far as whoever's going to win the tournament right now, uh, that, that watch out for Texas Tech. Watch okay. out for Texas Tech. They are phenomenal. They are playing their lights out. I know that they got beat this weekend, but they are playing... Uh, They're shooting the lights out They're doing a phenomenal job as a team, as a program Their coach, first time coach At 72 years old I I love Texas Tech I'm rooting for Texas Tech this whole entire tournament Because I think that they've just killed it Um, On to the next headline We are um, looking at Derek Jeter is stepping down As CEO of the Florida Marlins, Arash, Jeter was part of the group that won uh, the right in August of 2017 to buy the Marlins in a $1.2 billion deal. Jeter had a 4% stake in the purchase, coming on the board as the CEO and overseeing baseball operations. What do you think about the Hall of Fame players becoming executives or team owners? And we've seen some mixed results. The Jordan, uh, Michael Jordan, being the most prominent. Yeah, name. Again,
1: you know we've we've seen this before. Uh, you know Jordan is the CEO, the head of the Charlotte Hornets. They have really not had a ton of success since he's been there. They've been in the playoffs, but they're they're not a championship uh, contending team. Uh, so listen, I, I I give credit to Derek Jeter. I think he did as much as he possibly could with the Florida Marlins. Um, I'm just happy that he can move on past the Marlins because that team was never going to win. That team was never committed to winning. He can say that, you know, they turned the franchise around and they did this, that, and the other. They're, They're... When I think of Jeter, I think of October baseball. I think of the World Series. I think of the Yankees. And and so I'm I'm happy for him that he's no longer associated with that team. I don't know what he's going to do next. I remember you know, he started the Players Tribune, which has really become like a heck of an outlet for for players whenever they have something to say. So we'll see what he does next. Um, I think there are some players who are not built to be team executives. Jerry West is... The, you know he is just as good of a GM and an, he, just as good of a GM like as he was a player. I mean, so he is the exception to the rule. Generally speaking, a lot of these players don't do a great job in that new role because they can't do what they've done uh for the for their careers. Jeter could control the action on the field. Jordan could control the action on the court. When you're a team executive, you can only do so much. So, I get it. Um but happy that uh, Jeter can move on with his life because, again, the Miami Marlins, Florida Marlins, whatever you want to call them, they were not going to win no matter what Derek Jeter did.
2: You know, the great thing about this is that, you know, move on with your life, man. Like it is it, – it, it was an investment. Yeah, It was a 4% investment. Now you're just turning it over, right? You, you're you just like buy me out. Get me out of here. I'm done. Man. And that that that's what an investment is. That's what – a, if you're looking at it from a business perspective, that's what you're looking at, right? You're looking at to turn over a profit. Um, it sounds horrible in the in that way because you know when you're thinking about players and you think about uh, th- the way that players are thinking, they're not thinking by the numbers; they're thinking with their heart, yeah. which is which is what I love. I love the fact that players think with their heart and they don't think with their head. Um, but unfortunately, this is just one of those things where they have to think with their heart and not with their head. So good for you, Jeter get out while you can, man. Uh, probably the best decision that, that was made by uh, by you stepping down. Listen, I,
1: I, I, I think uh, it's great that you uh, try your hand at being a team executive, CEO. Kudos to him. Again, the, the one thing you know in professional sports, you will not lose money. If you invest in a professional sports team and you sell, you're going to make some money. All right, let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we're going to hear from LeBron James, Russell Westbrook, Dwight Howard, and Frank Vogel after that embarrassing loss to the New Orleans Pelicans when we come back right here on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California and the Fan in Las Vegas.
0: We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio.
1: And now a word from our newest sponsor, NordVPN. Grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash believe. Or use the code BELIEVE, that's B L E A V, to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan plus one additional month for free. It's also risk free with Nord's 30 day money back guarantee. Do it now. And now, let's go back to the show. This is the Arash Markazi Show
0: on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio.
1: Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California and 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment or just want to win some tickets, we will have some uh, Kings tickets to give away here uh, in the future. Hit us up on our hotline, 310 400 0340. Again, an embarrassing loss for the Lakers. Uh, when you talk about one of their worst losses of the season, they've had some really bad losses. This is up there. You know, when you lose by 28 points to the New Orleans Pelicans, when you're getting booed out of the building by your hometown fans because you're down by 30 points in the fourth quarter, again, they've had some bad losses this year. This one i got to put near the top of the list. This is not a good Pelicans team. They are a below 500 team. They're the 10th seed right now in the West. So let's now hear from LeBron James, Russell Westbrook, Dwight Howard, and Frank Vogel trying to explain that terrible loss to the New Orleans Pelicans.
0: LeBron, you've had a lot of answers in your basketball career for various problems and various things. Are, are, you, uh, are you finding any that you can think about for these next couple of weeks uh, with just the way you guys are playing at this moment?
3: Uh, well, I don't have an answer from tonight. I mean, obviously, you talk about the future, I don't. That's for us all to figure out. I mean, you don't know what can happen in the next, you know, few weeks, but tonight, I mean, from the six minute, mo- six minute point of the second quarter, through the third, no answers. And that uh, team has been playing well. They went into, they went into Phoenix, beat them, and obviously beat the doors off of us today, um, mostly in that uh, in that third quarter. So, not too many answers. LeBron, um, you were you were questionable, I think, for today, and,
4: and obviously you were you've been dealing with this knee. Is that substantially impacting your game?
3: Um, I played pretty bad tonight. I had some horrible turnovers.
4: Seven turnovers?
3: Yeah. um, Probably about four of them was pretty bad. Uh, The other three was just wrong, bad connections. But um, I could have been a lot better for sure. But um, no, I don't think it's affecting my play.
5: LeBron, when your teams have been through lulls that happened in an 82-game season, are there things that, advice that stuck with you over the years, like if we just, boil it down to this, we can build back up. Are there any things like that that, that you see as a, a way to start the turnaround process?
3: Um, I mean, it all starts with a win. That's what it starts with, I mean, trying to get off the snide, get a win, uh, and learn from that win and with things that you did well, things that you didn't do so well. Um, so it always starts with that, you know, and how you can, you know, try to implement that into a game and game situation, but, um, you know, obviously, Last two losses have been, you know, in the Clipper game, we was right there and obviously couldn't finish the game and and tonight, versus Pelican team, we've been playing, you know, like I said, we playing some good ball late, but no, this is uh, this season is definitely different.
5: LeBron, this season, how much has LeBron James agonized over what more can LeBron James do to fix this?
3: I mean, I'm always trying to figure out ways I can be better, for sure, um, and obviously seven turnovers is not, I mean, an ingredient for a winning, you know, Winning basketball for myself, so I hold, I hold that you know myself accountable for that. Uh, so I'm always trying to figure out ways I can be better um, out on the floor, uh, both offensively and defensively. Um, so I just see that's just my mindset I always have um, throughout every every year of my career. How, how ways I can be better, no matter if we're winning, no matter if we're losing. Uh, so I was just trying to figure that part out.
6: LeBron, you guys have talked about you know, understanding the seating where you guys are that. The goal at this point is just to be playing your best going into the postseason. Um, and you've in the past talked about just wanting a ticket to the lot or a lottery ticket. Do you still feel that way and have that kind of you know excitement about getting to the postseason if AD is healthy and if you guys can figure something out over these 20 games?
3: Um, I mean, I, I mean, right now it's about how we can get better today or, or scratch today with tomorrow and then coming into Tuesday. Um, even the mic don't want to work with me. Um, so. How how we to be better on Tuesday? I mean, Dallas has been playing great ball as well. So, I mean, we got a tough stretch with Dallas, um, Clippers again Thursday, then Golden State on Saturday. So, and we still got I mean, we got ten, uh, 10 road games this month or March of March. So, it don't get easier for us. LeBron, what what do you feel like happened during that six minute mark of the second quarter through the third? And and kind of did you feel like things compounded where it just felt like uh, we turned the ball over? Um, we had a lot of pick sixes. You know, come almost like every turnover was a, was a bucket for them, um, you know, run outs, and uh, that
0: was it. Russ, I suppose there are a lot of things to point to, but the team-wide turnover is going to jump off the stat sheet. Did you see a theme or a reason why the ball was getting coughed up tonight, and how did that impact the game?
7: One of those nights, you know, loose balls, they're getting their hands on them a little bit, one of those nights happens.
0: You know, since AD went out and and now you you kind of look at the where the standings are. And I know you guys are trying to do that all the time. But does losing a game like tonight does that does that have any additional impact as you kind of forecast what's going to happen for the next couple of weeks?
7: No, um, like I keep reiterating, the record at this point, you know, you don't we're not going to close the gap in one night. Uh, as the season prolong, we got twenty or so games left for so. We got to make sure we find a way that we know how to best to play. We, we understand <clears throat> game like tonight we're supposed to win, and yeah, you know, NBA, sometimes you get beat, teams come in and it happens, but we know we have a bigger goal in mind and a bigger <clears throat> goal in us to ultimately play for a championship at the end of the year, so um, we just gotta lock in and focus on uh, things that's important.
5: Russ, no matter what's happening, energy and effort seems to be something that you always bring How would you assess that as a team uh, tonight?
7: Yeah, I mean, not our greatest, Um, you know. um, I think just each play just to be getting down on ourselves too much um, and just um, not playing as hard as we can. You know, teams are coming in playing harder, and I believe that's just kind of their scout report, just play harder than them and see what happens. And it's working, you know, until we – determine and have a determination that we we're not going to allow it uh, especially in our, on our home floor um, you know it will continue to happen to us just,
5: just since that, that's something that is seemingly controllable is mm-hmm. that is that a harder thing to to sit with than like a missed shot or, or something like that
7: um I mean I guess yes but also um, you know I think when you're in the season and there's so much going on there's so many ups and downs and different things. Everybody kind of deal with it differently. Sometimes it's, it takes a toll on you as a, as a player, mentally and physically, and you know, come off the break. Um, you know, We haven't been our sharpest, and we understand that, and we know uh, miss or make shots, whatever, that's a part of the game. Uh, but playing hard you know, is um, something that we can't allow ourselves not to do, you know, night and night basis.
5: Russ, after these first two losses, after the break, What's going to be the best way for you guys to regroup going forward?
7: Um, I don't have that answer for you. I wish I did. Um, but right now, we just got to figure out how to get a win um, the best way we know how and um, try to play the right basketball. You know, That's all I can say.
4: Russ, um, you know, I think you all consi- pretty consistently said if this team is healthy, <coughs> we believe in the pen- potential of what they're going to do. Um, based on whatever happens with AD, I mean, it just seems like the team is not going to be healthy, or if it, they are healthy, it's just going to be at the very end of the year. Do you think that realization is affecting how this team plays and, and the idea that you guys might not be able to reach your potential?
7: Um, I don't know if it takes a toll um, or not. You know, that's an up in the air type of answer that I don't have for you.
6: Russ, I won't ask you to speak for anyone else, but you talked about the you know, well, I'm going to ask about other people, I guess. You talked about the group getting down on itself, you know, more than it should at times and that kind of taking, having an effect. Is that the result of, of like, is that a cumulative toll of this season? Like where it's just, the season hasn't gone your way. Do you feel like that's just the weight of this whole year?
7: I mean, you know, each individual kind of deals with it separately, you know? Obviously, I, I know your, your question, okay. but it's hard for me to, I don't want to speak for nobody else. But I think, you know, with what's going on with the season, you know, um, Injuries and different things Even the crowd today booing, And you know It's a lot for people Like you know That can be a lot for somebody That's not accustomed to it Or it can It can take a toll um, And you know All I kept doing Keep doing Is I'm going to stay positive And make sure that I keep Encouraging uh, my teammates And keep building confidence In our locker room Regardless of what's going on Regardless of what is said Outside of our locker room And make sure that we Collectively Do not point fingers Because a lot of times During times like this Everybody likes to point Point fingers and like it's easy to do that's the easy way out instead of actually just owning what we do um, and making sure we have each other's backs um, and, and be there for your brother and to me that's all I'm gonna keep doing and making sure that we keep our confidence high keep our swagger up as we kind of move forward towards the end of the year and, and, and find a way to
6: uh, get our stride. Since you brought it up, does the booing like you know pretty pretty loud especially at the end of the game? Does that stick with you? Like how do how do you handle like, nah. that? Like, nah. You don't take that home with you. For take it home for what I don't think about it shit take it home
7: man well I got three beautiful kids at my house my wife I ain't taking it home they take their boo and they take their ass home <laughs> I ain't worried about that doesn't bother me none man that's it's a part and I'm not really worried about it um at all and that's how I deal with it so I'm not you know I can it, it roll off my shoulder I go home but as for our team I have to think it's something that you got to deal with and kind of move forward so
0: Frank, I want to kind of keep it general for you to start. Like, what what's the main source of frustration after a, a game like that for you?
8: Well, we didn't play well. You know, we're not shooting the ball well uh, from the perimeter, and the paint's clogged. And you know, we're trying to force inside, and um, you know, with the pass, with the bounce, and you know, it's leading to a lot of turnovers. And um, you know, and we're not moving that well defensively. So we weren't very good on either end tonight.
0: You've had some games where you've been down in the first half, but then came out and and started to play better in the third. When you didn't see that, uh, what mix of that did you see as mental, physical, and and what's the disappointment uh, from that?
8: Yeah, I mean, you know, credit to Pelicans. They came out and and really shot the ball well and executed well. Uh, We got a a few really good looks early in the third. You know, Bron had a couple buckets, and we had three wide open threes that we we had knocked down. You know, those are live ball runouts. And, um, you know that puts you in a deficit you know those 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 shots go in you know maybe it's a different story in that third quarter we finally get some traction some some momentum but you know the start wasn't strong and um you know like i said credit the pelicans for the rest of the quarter
5: frank what, what do the 23 turnovers tell you about the way your team played tonight and and some of them come to mind and throwing the ball out of bounds or even you guys call timeout to try to stop a run and come right out of timeout and turn the ball over. Um, how much were they a part of, of tonight's outcome?
8: I mean, it was huge. You, know, you have 23 turnovers, you're not going to win. You know, so it was a, it was a huge part of it. You know, like I said, some of it's click carelessness. Um, you know, I have to look at all the turnovers, but some of it's carelessness, and some of it's, you know, we're, we're, we're ice cold from the perimeter right now. You know, so you know, we're trying to attack the paint, and uh, there's five guys in there. So. You know, we're trying to just trying to execute through that. But, you know, we definitely got to be better.
6: Frank, uh, over the course of the season, one thing you've brought up time and again is is care factor. Is that something that you you saw from your group tonight?
8: I feel like we get deflated when we we don't play well and the other team's on a run, which I think is pretty much all 30 teams would have the same response. Um, You know, but I don't think it's about not caring. You know, this group wants to get some traction. We want to get some wins, put some wins on the board, and play better than we're playing. But um, you know, it doesn't go well. You know, it's, it's it's natural to 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 get depleted at times. You know, but our guys, you know, had moments like that. But then they, you know, they push through it, try to keep fighting. Frank, after this loss, how do you guys go about trying to regroup? Flush forward? it, put this one behind us. Okay, we got to focus on the Dallas Mavericks. You know, coaches will, will get together, we'll meet and figure out what type of adjustments we got to make and, um, you know, just turn the page to Dallas.
4: Frank, uh, you kind of mentioned, you know, when things start out wrong, you know, it's natural to lose some energy, but the way you guys have started these last two games, um, is there a disconnect between what guys are saying they want to do and the energy they're saying they want to bring and, and what actually shows up even in the first quarter?
8: Well, we didn't start, you know, we didn't start the, the games uh, poorly. Our, our starting lineup was a was a push, was an even net rating last game. And I think for, uh, um, you know, at least for the first half this game, you know, we didn't start the third quarter well. But, um, you know, we're not finishing those quarters well. You know, and it's, uh, we're in adjustment phase. I mean, we lost Anthony Davis. You know, we're starting, you know, our true centers that, that, that haven't played a whole lot. And um, you know, there's there's less shooting out there, and you know we've got to f- figure out a way to to make up for that and execute better, and you know, find you know our spacing becomes different, you know. So you know, we're trying to adjust through all those things.
1: Dwight, we have
5: in here. You try to keep a positive outlook on the season. Mm-hmm.
9: Are you still able to keep a positive outlook considering that you guys just got beat by a whole lot, and the season just not going? well uh, have to. Um, it's, it's real easy to, uh, give up, throw in the towel, and talk, you know, say negative things. Um, so, really lost for words, um, but we gotta stay positive. Uh, we can't soak in defeat, and we can't quit on each other. I know it's been a rough very rough season, um, but no, nah. I think that'll be bad. Yeah. Dwight, um,
4: you know, LeBron kind of singled out the from the middle of the second quarter to the end of the third. What made it feel that that was so insurmountable to, to kind of rally back from or, or turn over, uh, turn that around at any um, given part of the game tonight? Uh,
9: I thought it was the whole game They just came out with a little bit more effort and energy. Um, and once they got going and hit some tough shots, um, they was able to um, play out of pick and roll a little bit. Uh, Brandon was able to get to his spots and shoot over the top. Um, it seemed like they wouldn't miss for a stretch in the game. Um, but, you know, our body language has to be better, you know, when things like that happen. Um, when we we have a situation like this where we're getting blown out, you know, we got to make sure we keep our, ourselves composed, um, as tough as it can be. Wait, Russ felt like a pretty obvious
5: thing that we all saw was that you guys didn't play as hard as the other team, as a unit. Um. He thought maybe that's even part of the scouting report on on the Lakers right now that you can outplay them. Do you think coming off the break, um, everyone is in requisite shape to be able to play as hard as you'll you'll need to play to make that something that?
9: Um, I think play. we should. Um, we can't make any excuses because of the break or anything like that. It's uh, just our effort. You know, we've been saying that all year, so. Just don't need to say it again. Um, but only thing I can say is stay positive. That's it. Um, There's no need to be negative. You know, um, I think that's just going to pile on. So uh, we just got to keep our minds in the right place. <clears throat> we having a tough break this year, um, but you know we still can end it on a positive note. Wait, uh, you guys have had several games
5: in a row where you've had uh, these double-digit first-half deficits. Have you noticed any trends? Is it just the effort? Is it something else? What, what, what is kind of the common trend in these
9: uh, deficits? I really don't have a lot of words. Just gotta stay positive, man. That's all I can say. Uh, I don't like to look backwards and say You know, certain things. Um, But, yeah, pretty much lost.
1: All right, that was LeBron James, Russell Westbrook, Dwight Howard, and Frank Vogel trying to answer some questions. I don't think anyone has any answers anymore. I think they are just going through through the motions at this point. Uh, it, It is beyond frustrating for Laker fans. These were Laker fans that were booing and heckling LeBron James and the Lakers. I mean, they, they, they don't want their team to lose. they want them to win. That Laker fan who got kicked out of the building for like,, uh, you know cursing at or you know heckling LeBron James, I mean, that's next level. and that is the passion of a fan base that is just frustrated by the product that they're watching on the court right now. when you're losing by 30. You're losing by 30 to the Pelicans. I mean, it's one thing to lose to the Pelicans. Okay, I mean, that's not great. You should beat the Pelicans. You're losing by 30. That's like you don't have any heart. You don't have any determination. Uh, These teams that are coming into the crypto are just playing harder. Uh, All right, that's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe, stay
9: healthy.
1: This is the Arash Markazi
0: Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Everybody Radio.
9: Hustle for the cash, so it's
7: hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing, currency chasing worldwide through the hard times, worrying faces. Shed tears as we worry brothers close to heart. What was a friend
9: now a ghost in the dark? Hard part about a brother got smoked by a fiend. to lost on a blind to a broken man's dream. A hard lesson, court cases keep him guessing. Leave
7: Market ain't an option now, so I'm stressing. For more to be free than a life in the pen Making money over cuss words writing again Learn how to think ahead, so I fight with my pen Late night down sunset like in the scene. What's the worst they could do to a player Got me lost in hell To live in die in L.A. On bail, my to people live say in
9: L.A. The
2: place to be To live and die in L.A. To live and die in L.A.